Man, thank you, Linda. What a beautiful proclamation. A beautiful proclamation. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Thank you for being here today. We are so glad that you've joined us for worship today on this rainy morning. But I did see some blue skies coming in. So before the day's over, I'm sure we're going to see that sunshine again. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you've chosen to worship with this church family today. And we welcome you, especially if you're a guest. We welcome you. And I'll remind you that there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Uh, just go by there and pick up one of those bags and take it home with you. There's some, a gift in there. And there's also some other information you might be interested in looking at. But thank you for being here. Thank you all for joining us by live stream this morning. We welcome you, and we pray that all of you who are listening and who are here will feel the presence of the Lord as we worship him today. Take a moment to stand and greet those around you, and then we'll join in singing together. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. We lift our voices in praise together. Praise.
is enough. You join as we sing together.
So what could I 
be seated. Good morning, church. I hope you're doing well this morning. Hope you're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Who here is excited to be in the house of the Lord? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Praise God. I wanted to share a quote with you before we dive into prayer this morning. A quote from uh, the theologian and author, one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis. He said, I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. I love that quote. I wonder if David, King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, would agree with what C.S. Lewis says there. So I want to encourage you to come up to the altar and join me in prayer this morning in full surrender to the God who, who loves you, the God who has called you to serve him, the God who has made a way when there is no way. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning in humble surrender. God, that the burdens that are weighing on our hearts, the things that we don't really know how to navigate, God, we ask that you will be in the midst of them all. Help us, God, to, to surrender them to you, to get them out of our hands and into your hands. God, with sickness within our family and friends. God, we pray that you take sickness out of their bodies. God, that you will bring healing and peace and joy and comfort and rejoicing, God, in, in, the, in the breath of life that you give us. God, in the midst of loss, if anybody here has lost someone recently, God, I ask that you will comfort them, that you'll help them to have this peace and joy that passes beyond our own human understanding. And that, God, you will help them to lean not on their understanding, but on yours. God, we ask that you will bring success to the trials that we are facing as individuals. Anything going on in our jobs, anything that's come up in retirement, God, we ask that you will give us success. That in our success, God, we may, we may humble ourselves before you and show our coworkers and show our family and friends that it is not me, but it is you. God, we pray for our children. God, that you will help us to raise them up in your way that they may not depart from it when they are older. Help us, God, as, as parents and as grandparents to, to be examples of your love to them. Because the thing that we understand as people who believe in you, God, is that your love never fails. And we thank you, God, that there is no power on earth or scheme of man that could ever pull us from your love. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for all that you've done for us. God, we ask that you will speak through Pastor Todd this morning, that you will bless him and that you, his words will be your words, God 
that the meditations of his heart and the words of his mouth will be pleasing to you and edifying of your church. Thank you for this body of believers, Lord. We love you and we trust you and we surrender all praise, honor, and glory into your holy name, amen. Church, if you'll uh, give a warm welcome to one of our youth, Miss Addie Couch, who is gonna share our scripture with us this morning, please. seven through eleven therefore Jesus said again very truly I tell you I'm the gate for the sheep all who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them I'm the gate whoever enters through me will be saved they will come in and go out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I've come that they may have life and have it to the full I'm the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep
Thank you, choir, for leading so beautifully, and thank you, Addie, for the beautiful job reading scripture, and JT for the great prayer time, and thank you all for being here today. I know you could have been many other places, but you chose to be in God's house, and we welcome you, and we welcome the Spirit of God in this place. I have a friend that sends me lots of humor every day, and some are, are worth repeating, and some are not, but... Not too long ago, my friend sent me a picture with some captions, and the picture was of a little Amish boy and his dad riding in a horse and buggy. And there was a little caption that the boy said, but dad, I really don't want to make butter today. And then the caption from the dad said, I know, son, but it's your turn. <laughs> You can moo me if you want to. <laughs> moo, moo. Can you believe that this past week we entered into a new season? It's already fall. I can't believe it. today looks like a fall day. But with each season, changes come. I often think about Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and following. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I guarantee you that there are some of you here today and you are in the most wonderful season of your life. You're experiencing new birth in your life. You're experiencing building. You're experiencing belly-filled laughter. Things couldn't be sweeter. And then there are some of you here today, I guarantee you, you're in one of the worst seasons of your life. You are overwhelmed by school. You are overwhelmed by your sports. You're, you're overwhelmed by relationships, you're overwhelmed by chronic pain, you're, you're overwhelmed by financial issues, and maybe you're feeling despair and hopelessness, and you're feeling like, when is this ever going to end? The fact is, we all go through different seasons. Sometimes it's a great season, sometimes not so great. But I want you to know God promises to be with us through whatever season that we're going through. And if you find yourself in a dark, hopeless place with no light at the end of the tunnel, know you are not alone. And God is with you and he's with me and he will help us. In our scripture reading today, we see Jesus talking to some Pharisees. And these Pharisees are upset with Jesus. And to find out why they're upset with Jesus, you have to go back to John chapter 9. You remember in John chapter 9, Jesus came upon a man who was blind, and he had been blind since birth. And do you remember Jesus' disciples asked him, Master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Do you all remember that story? And Jesus said in verse 3 of John chapter 9, 
neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened that the works of God might be revealed in him. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we don't understand why the things happen to us that they do and why we go through mourning and pain and sickness and and hardship and hopelessness. But to think maybe, just maybe, this is happening so that the work of God might be displayed in our lives, that he would be glorified in and through what we are going through right now in our lives. But then, if you would read on to the rest of the story, these Pharisees who were religious leaders, they more so were uh, externally pleasing to people and tried to be pleasing to God externally, but internally they are very hypocritical. These legalists do better about putting on a show, but yet their hearts are not right with God. And it's so at this point that Jesus begins to use an analogy about the sheep and the shepherd. But you see, these Pharisees accused Jesus of being a sinner because he healed this blind man on the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees, to show their hypocritical spirit, thinking they should be men of God, they kicked this blind man, or who was once blind, kicked him out of the synagogue because they accused him of being a disciple of this Jesus while they were disciples of Moses. And so Jesus begins to explain of what it means to truly be a follower of the good shepherd and that he dearly loves his sheep and his sheep know his voice. But today I felt led of the Lord as I was praying about direction for this sermon. God laid on my heart something. And it may be for one of you. It may be for someone watching. It may be for me. It may be for all of us, I pray But the Lord laid on my heart, this is Suicide Awareness Month. Did you know September is Suicide Awareness Month? It is. And, uh, you know, it's really become a problem. And honestly, mental health issues have become a problem. In the church, when someone has cancer, when someone has heart disease, when someone maybe has surgery or a broken bone, what do we do? We bake them a casserole. We make them a cake. You know, we we send them a card. But when someone struggles with mental illness, we don't know what to say, do we? We don't know what to do. And just like the person that has cancer or heart disease or someone that, that maybe has some other health issues can't help it, People with mental health issues cannot help it either. But yet, many times, we don't know what to say or or what to do. And today, I felt led of the Lord to share out of John chapter 10 some, some hopefully prayerfully words of encouragement 
to you if you are going through a dark season, a hopeless season, or if you have a family member who is going through a dark or hopeless season. First, we must look at the problem. In verse 10 of John chapter 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And when we think about mental health issues, I think about what was shared by the uh, Mental Health Institute, which actually said that mental health conditions are prevalent in the United States. It's, it's not uncommon. One in five adults in the United States suffer from a mental health condition. That's 52.9 million people who have been diagnosed who struggle with some type of mental health condition. And out of those who commit suicide or take their own lives, 46% of them have been diagnosed with mental health needs. So in this year, there will be a million people around the world who will take their own life. There will be over 40,000 people in the United States of America alone who will take their own life. Every 11 minutes, one person tries to take their own life. Even young people, it's the second leading cause of death between young people between the ages of 10 and 24. We have a real problem in our world today. And when we look at causes of people who attempt or try to take their life or take their lives, worldwide, some of the leading causes are, first of all, that people have mental health disorders. People suffer from depression. There's substance abuse. And many times the substance abuse is because people are trying to self-medicate because they feel like something's not right. And I want to share what I read one author say, it's okay not to be okay. Ask my wife, I've never been okay. <laughs> but the fact is, it's okay not to be okay. And yet, another cause of suicide is psychosis. And then some, it's extreme loneliness or feelings of isolation. And then I know with younger people being bullied, whether in person or cyberbullied, can cause people to feel like life is not worth living. And when it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, probably in this context, Jesus is referring to the Pharisees. But many times, we like to think because the devil is the one who tries to steal our joy. He is the one who tries to kill our positive and good thoughts. He is the one that will try to destroy our lives. We refer to the devil as being the thief that tries to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we know in Scripture that we've often shared that your enemy out of 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a 
roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know that. And even Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, when he was talking about people who opposed servants of God, he was hoping that they would come to the knowledge of truth and that they would come to their senses because the devil had taken them captive. And know that the devil tries to take you and me captive. To keep us captive, it says in verse 26 of 2 Timothy 2, to do his will. That the devil has trapped us so that we will do his will. I don't know about you, I don't want to give him any glory or victory. And today, maybe some of you are here and you have felt like giving up and you've felt like throwing in the towel. Just recently, I got a, an email. It was, it was heart-wrenching, heartbreaking that someone sent to me. They feel so alone. They said, no one talks to me. No one visits me. And went on to say that this is a an opportunity for the devil to slip in and to play mind games with me. Then they went on to say that even during this season, I've had many suicidal thoughts. It's heartbreaking to think, even though you might be just fine, the person next to you might be at a point where they're wondering if life is worth living or not. The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And let me share with you that dealing with suicide is very difficult. One of the most difficult things I've had to do in ministry is to go after I got the word to three different households in the middle of the night to tell them that their loved one had taken their life. I had to go tell this person at their house and then their sibling at another house and then go to a third house to tell them that their loved one had taken their life. I didn't have words to say. I just hugged them and fell to the ground weeping with them because it was so heartbreaking to experience this kind of pain. It's a real problem, and the devil tries to use these thoughts in our hearts and minds to wreak havoc on you and me. And Jesus was, was trying to make clear to these Pharisees that there have been robbers and thieves, even way back when, not talking about the prophets of God, who have tried to destroy and lead astray but that Jesus is the one that can bring salvation to save and to bring into the sheep so they can come in and out and find pasture. That, that's so they can be nourished and they can be provided for and they can be taken care of. And then in verse 10, Jesus said, I have come, I have come. Here's, we've talked about the problem. Here's the promise. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. Isn't that great news? I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly 
or have it to the full. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When Jesus used the analogy about the shepherd and his sheep, when we think about these Palestinian shepherds out in the fields where they had maybe made a sheep pen with rocks, there would be no door. The door or the gate would be the shepherd who would lie down in front of that opening that the sheep could not get out nor any wolf get in because the shepherd was protecting. They had to go through the shepherd to get to the sheep. And we know for us that the good shepherd is Jesus. He is the one who provides life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. That's abundant life. He has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. And if you're here today and you are contemplating these dark thoughts and and whether or not life is worth living, know that Jesus came to lay down his life so that we could live, so that we could experience the abundant life. You all may or may not remember this. In April of 2013, Rick Warren and his wife Kay, Pastor Rick Warren, former pastor of Saddleback Church and author of Purpose Driven Life, you all may or may not remember that his 27-year-old son, Matthew, took his own life. It just rocked their world and, and the, the heart of that church. They all grieved as Matthew had dealt with mental health issues his whole life. And Rick Warren tried to share some thoughts after trying to heal from this great loss. You never get over <laughs> losing a loved one with God's grace and help you learn to get through it each day. But Rick Warren said, there's some things people need to consider before they think about taking their own life. And he said, one of the things you need to consider is that suicide is a permanent and irreversible solution to a temporary problem. It is a permanent and irreversible solution to a temporary problem. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we live by or we walk by faith, not by sight. So your situation might seem hopeless right now. But don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Because if you make that decision, there's no turning back. That's where our faith kicks in. That's when our faith is tested. That's where we grow through these fiery ordeals and trials that we go through. But then he goes on to say, consider this, that no, no emotion lasts forever whether it's a high or a low or a good or a bad. Have you ever had someone to tell you like they did me when I've gone through 
dark seasons of my life. Have you ever heard this? This too shall pass. Have you heard people say that? Mike Perry had someone say that to him when he had a kidney stone this past week. But anyway. <laughs> but the fact is, so many times, sorry, Mike. <laughs> we needed to bring it down a little bit right there. The fact is, many times in our lives, we, again, think, you know, things are never going to get any better. You're really extremely low or you're extremely high. They don't last. Be sure you wait upon the Lord to work during this season. A, a third thing he said to consider is that you cannot think rationally when you are depressed. You cannot think rationally when you are depressed. The devil attacks our minds. That's why I love that Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let me ask you, are your thoughts true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent? If they're not, then you're giving the devil a foothold to get in and wreak havoc on your life. If you even need to say, not Satan, get behind me, but get away from me. Be gone in the name of Jesus, and he will help you and help me through that dark time, that moment. But then another thing he said to consider is, is that many times in our lives, we think we're all by ourselves, but he said, God does not want you and me to handle our problems alone. God does not want you and me to handle our problems alone. I think about Hebrews 13, 5, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety upon the Lord because he cares for you. David said in Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Know today that you don't have to carry that load by yourself. You can go to God. You can come to Christians, ministers, people that are wanting to help you and to hold you accountable. But if you try to do it by yourself, you're going to be in a state of isolation. And the devil really attacks us when we're by ourselves. But there's strength in numbers. And we can encourage one another and support one another, love one another. That's what the church is for. That we can help one another so you don't have to go through it all by yourself. I want to share a story uh, that most of you have heard, and recently one of our newer members said, Todd, when you say, now you all have already heard this, or I don't want to share this story with you, she said to me, there are some of us in the church that are new that haven't heard that story, so you keep telling them. So for those of you all who have heard, I apologize, but I really don't because it's a great story. 
For those of you who are new, I pray that it would minister and speak to you because I have to tell you, it, it is a, if I ever write a book and it won't be about a story of a horse and a boy who loved him, that's, that, that'll be your book, Mark, to write that one up there. But, but the fact is, years ago, when I was single living at the parsonage, and, and many of you have heard me share this, um, one day a knock came to my door. It was a late afternoon, and uh, there was a gentleman at the door who looked dirty. He had dirt and mud all over him and uh, kind of looked uh, unkept and like he was kind of had a scraggly beard, and I don't want to talk about any of you, but anyway, he, he, he had that look, and he had a, a, an old flannel shirt rolled up, and, and when I came to the door, I, I'd never see him, and I would from time to time have people to stop in because I lived next door to the church, and they would ask for help or money or, or whatever. Well, this gentleman, when I opened the door, I'd never seen him before in my life, and he said, can you help me? And I said, I'll try. What's the problem? These were his exact words. I'm sick in the head. And I said, I'm so sorry. He said, can you help me? I said, I'll do my best. We had a porch swing out on the front porch, may still be there, and I said, why don't you come sit over here on this swing? And he went and sat on the swing, and I sat on the railing there on the front porch. And I said, what's going on? And he began to tell me that he struggled with alcoholism. He had struggled with all these thoughts flooding his mind on a daily basis. And then I said, and the only thing that came to mind, and God just gave me this story at that time, was out of Mark chapter 4, which you all have heard me share many times, when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples, and that unexpected squall came up, and Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat, and his disciples, when that storm came, were terrified, and they ran to Jesus and said, Master, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus got up, I can see him, lifting his hands and said, Quiet, peace, be still. Immediately, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And Jesus looked to his disciples and he said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples said, Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And I said to this gentleman, I said, Whatever storm is going on right now in your life and in your mind, know that same God can bring you peace. And he can say, Quiet, peace, be still. And I prayed with him. He said, thank you. And he walked off the porch. I thought he was just walking back down the road. I didn't know until later that he had a truck parked on the other side of the chapel, the little church. 
I thought he was a vagrant off the road, off the street. I thought he was a drifter. (laughs) Much to my surprise, several weeks later, maybe even months, that same man walked in the doors of that little church. But not only by himself, he had a lady with him. It was his wife. And after they visited the church, I found out that they had a home. As a matter of fact, it was a beautiful home just down the road here. Had a beautiful farm. And I went to visit them. And as I was visiting with them, the gentleman said, you don't know. You don't know what you did that day I stopped by, do you? I said, no, sir, I I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, I've got an excavating business. I was out on my bulldozer. And he said, the depression and these thoughts came to my mind. And he said, I went to my truck to where I had a loaded pistol on my front seat, and I was going to end my life that afternoon. He said, but you came to the door And you talked with me and you prayed with me. And as a result, John Faisal came to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I baptized he and his wife. And when we voted to build this church, As many of you have heard me share, he did all of the excavation, thousands and thousands of dollars of excavation for absolutely nothing. We had auctions to raise money to build this building. He donated not one, but a couple of cars to be auctioned off at the auction, doing everything he could to bring money in. And then before this building was even built, over here on the side of the church, a tree had fallen on his farm, and John hand-hewed, carved out a beautiful cross to go over here on the side of the church to be a testimony to God's saving grace that saved him and to point people to the only hope we have is through Jesus Christ. The cross that John made stood for years and years as we built on and added the children's wing and the cross center. And I'm so grateful that, that Carl Kratzer and some others helped uh, build a new cross that now stands out front of the church where I see people all throughout the week coming to pray, park their cars, get out, sit on the bench, because it's a symbol of hope. Even though it was a symbol of pain and suffering, it also stands for hope because we know Jesus not only died, but he rose three days later to show we have victory over death and we have victory over sin. There's hope through the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget my friend John. And what he did, and John never forgot what Jesus had done for him. 
You know, if we'll have a grateful heart, everything else seems to fall in place. We may not have everything we want, but he meets all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And you know, you might be going through a dark season right now. Maybe you've been on the verge of giving up. Know this, Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full, more abundant. Not only here, this is just getting it started, but on into eternal life forever and ever and ever. Don't you want to experience that life today? If you don't know him, it's as simple as this, to say, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. All of us are. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. If you could pray something like that in your own words, you could begin your eternal life with Christ. Maybe you're a Christian and you've gotten off track and you've gotten into the world and you've been self-medicating and you've been trying to numb the pain with the world's ways. You're going to be emptier than you've ever been before if you do it the world's ways. But if you do it God's way, he'll give you strength and his power through the Holy Spirit to help you through this season. I promise, it's a promise from God. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home, a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting, a place where the sick can come and be made whole. And I'm talking about spiritual and every other kind of way. We believe God is able. And if you would like to come in a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation, a, a commitment, a time for you to come and make a, the best decision of your life. Aren't you ready as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any, any people here today, God, young or old, middle-aged, and Father, maybe this message was just for one, or maybe it was for many who have felt alone and isolated and the devil's been attacking, oh God, may he not have any victory or any glory but maybe what we're going through right now is so that the works of God might be displayed in us that your divine power might reign supreme when we are weak then we are strong through your spirit help us oh God today Lord I pray if there are people that again just need to recommit or, or rededicate their life to say I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see like this man. Then, God, we can't help but tell others what you've done for us. So give us the boldness, the courage through your spirit to come today and begin that abundant life. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now. We're going to sing a Hymn of Commitment, if you're in this place, if you're watching at home, contact us. If we can help you or pray with you about any decision that you're making this morning. But won't you come as we sing together, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way.
I'm so excited to introduce to you these that have come today making decisions for Christ. I'm going to ask Jeffrey, Kyle, Bibb, and Kyle to come up. You both go by Kyle. Big Kyle, little Kyle. It was my privilege this past uh, Wednesday night after prayer meeting to meet with uh, the Bibb family. And some of you all may remember that, that Kyle and his wife, Samantha, joined this church. Uh, I don't know even how long ago, but it hadn't been too awfully long. But since they joined, they have been so active and so faithful. I know Samantha helped serve at the Devoted Conference. They're here every Wednesday night for the fellowship meal and prayer meeting. Their children, they're making sure in the children's wing. And it was my privilege Wednesday to, to speak with uh, Kyle and his mom and dad about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And on Wednesday night, Kyle asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart to be his Lord and Savior. And Kyle, that is the greatest decision any of us can ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. And this is just the beginning of living a long life for him. So I know you want to pledge your love and support to Kyle by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. So happy. And then his dad, Kyle, shared with me that he came uh, to the Lord when he was a young child and a lot had gone on in his life and he just felt like the Lord leading him to make a renewal, a recommitment of his life, to have a fresh start and a new beginning because he knows now what it means to be a follower of Christ and he wants to be baptized with his son. And so I know you want to pledge your love and support and prayers to his dad, Kyle, by letting it be known by saying amen. 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 Proud of you guys. Happy for you. Y'all can be seated right now. And then I'm so grateful to introduce to you this couple who comes, Adam and, uh, and uh, Amanda Centers. If you all would come up here beside me. Uh, this couple, they've been attending here for quite some time and you probably thought they were already members. I know Amanda has been leading a women's Bible study and serving in the nursery. And, and uh, some of y'all have maybe been pulled over by Adam before. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding you. <clears throat> a deputy in Woodford County. But we are so grateful that today they come to unite with this family of faith. And we welcome you and know the Lord has brought you all here. I know you want to pledge your love and prayers and support to Adam and Amanda by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. We welcome you all. We welcome you. If you don't mind, to have a seat. <clears throat> the Spirit of God is moving here. I was so grateful uh, for Lucretia coming today and just uh, saying that she feels the presence of the Lord and this Holy Spirit is moving in her life and our lives here at this church and and maybe there are others of you who feel the same way, that we're just wanting to be close to God because he promises to be close to you and me. And so please know that beyond today, if I or we can ever help you, pray with you, support you, please, please call me, call us. I don't care what time it is. We would be happy, honored to speak with you pray with you, encourage you through this dark season because you're not alone. I promise you, 
You're not alone. But before we dismiss today, and I'm going to invite the bibs and, and also the centers to join me out in the foyer. Make sure you go by and welcome them. I'm excited that we're going to get to have our creek baptism today. At 4 o'clock at Happy Jack Farm, we're going to do creek baptism. And as of right now, we have nine signed up. We'd be happy to baptize you. And so please know that we have baptism T-shirts that all of our baptismal candidates will be given at the creek to put on. And, uh, and the water might be a little chilly, <laughs> but that's okay. My mom was telling me this morning how she remembered how they used to break the ice to have baptisms. So it's not going to be that cold. <laughs> As Zach counts about the water temperature, and so it, it'll be a little chilly, but it won't be unbearable, and we'll just be in and out. Won't you come and support these who are being baptized to celebrate with them? It'll be just a brief service at the creek, 4 o'clock this afternoon. I hope you'll come. We will not have our uh, Coffee and Connections class this evening, nor will there be children's classes. But uh, the other classes are, will be meeting. So if you're in financial peace or in the, feeling, the overwhelmed class, which would be perfect after today, I'm going to invite you to stand. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for watching. Bill, if you don't mind, lead us in a closing song. May we pray, oh God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. We give you praise for these decisions today. And may every person here today know they are loved and that you promise to be with them and us no matter what we're going through. And there will be a better tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.